Good morning to you. Thank you for spending some of it with us right here on CBS Sports Radio. Plenty of ways to listen to the show, all for the most part for free. Sirius XM Channel 158, anywhere on one of our great affiliates across this beautiful country. Odyssey app, search CBS Sports Radio for free to download, for free to listen. Check out the Hick at Night podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E. Subscribe, download, that is free. Check out the Ryan Hickey YouTube page as well. Subscribe there all for free. All right. Divisional round is here. We look at who has the most pressure on them to win. I think it's the Buffalo Bills. Because it's now or never for the Bills. I never want to hear the words Super Bowl contender and Buffalo Bills in the same sentence again. If we are talking about Buffalo not beating Kansas City on Saturday, uh, uh, excuse me, on Sunday. If the Bills lose to the Chiefs on Sunday, they are going to be, they should be, I should say, referred going forward as the AFC version of the Dallas Cowboys. Good regular season team, complete frauds in the postseason. This is the year. Either you beat the Chiefs this year in the postseason, or it is never Never going to happen in the Josh Allen era. Because when you look at this matchup, if Buffalo can't beat this iteration of the Kansas City Chiefs, how do you expect they ever will? Everything in this matchup screams Buffalo getting over the hump. First and foremost, they're at home. Right, the last two times they've played Kansas City, it's been in Arrowhead in the postseason. Now you finally get the Chiefs coming to your place where you've been 5-1 and one in the Josh Allen era at home. Now it's on your turf with your fans backing you and trying to make it tough for Patrick Mahomes as he goes on the road in the playoffs for, uh, for the first time in his career. And speaking of the home field advantage... Bills lineman Deion Dawkins was was not shy in kind of bragging and talking about how much of an impact this Buffalo crowd is going to have on the game Sunday. Take a listen. He expects Bills Mafia to be rowdy. I expect Bills Mafia to be rowdy. Should be an electric atmosphere at Buffalo. That bare minimum is not going to hurt them. That's only going to help them uh, in this matchup. That's number one. Number two, the Bills come in right hot to this game. Winners of six games in a row finished the regular season after going six and six through the first 12 games. Very strong. They've beaten the Cowboys. They've beaten the Dolphins. They beat the Chiefs to start this streak. So right there, it's like they're they're playing, you know, cupcake you and beating bad teams like the Dolphins did all this season. If you include the Steelers, they beat four playoff teams in this six-game winning streak. They are red hot where you look at the Chiefs on the other side. Kansas City finished the regular season 4-4. Four and four. The final eight games. They come in scuffling. So you're at home. Bills are red hot. And you are facing a Chiefs offense that has been and will be the worst of the Patrick Mahomes era. They are averaging 21.8 points per game. For reference, that's 15th in the league this year. That is the lowest by far 
the Chiefs have ever been in terms of points per game average. They have been no lower than sixth in any year prior when Patrick Holmes has been their quarterback. Now this year, they are 15th, right? We've, they've had plenty of issues. We know about the wide receivers not catching the ball, not being consistent. Travis Kelsey's not been the Travis Kelsey we're used to seeing, the uncoverable dominant force that wrecks games and wrecks defenses. That's not been the case this year. So that's why Patrick Mahomes, in terms of playing full seasons, has the fewest passing yards and fewest passing touchdowns of his career. I don't expect to ha- uh, that to happen next year. I don't expect to see the Chiefs' offense, let's say even the next 10 years of, of Patrick Mahomes' career, be as bad as they've been this season. So this is the year. Like, if you're Buffalo, the worst offense you, you will play uh, against Kansas City, you're at home, and you're right hot. Everything screams you winning this game, getting over the hump, and sending the Chiefs for the first time home. With all of that said, with all of that, going in the direction and in the favor of the Bills, I don't think they could do it. I'm picking the Chiefs to win this game. Kansas City is winning this game. Number one, what I'm afraid of, and what I should say not even afraid of, what I don't like watching Buffalo is the fact that they can't put teams away. They never bury anybody. And you allow Patrick Mahomes to be in the game, you're going to regret it. He's not going to, you know, let one go by. He is going to make you pay. Mason Rudolph and the Steelers, you allowed them back in the game after being up 21-0 early on. They couldn't do it. They're not good enough to overcome that deficit and and burn you for allowing them back in and, and not making that what should have been a 40 to nothing game. You do that same thing to Patrick Mahomes, he's beating you. He is coming back and embarrassing you. I trust Reed. I trust Mahomes much more than I trust McDermott and much more than I trust Josh Allen. Josh Allen's always good for a costly turnover in the postseason. And Sean McDermott has not been a very good playoff coach. His defenses have not showed up. They've not played well. He has coached conservatively. Even with the the wide receiver struggles from Kansas City, I have full faith that in a close game, they will find a way to win. So I think the Bills have the most pressure on them to win this weekend. But with that said... I think we're seeing Kansas City going into Buffalo and winning. I'm going to say 27-20, Chiefs over the Bills. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. Which team do you think has the most pressure on them this postseason? Let's go out to Jason Call from Pittsburgh. What's up, Jason? Thank you for taking a call. Really appreciate it. Actually love the, the platform to be able to call in and talk sports at 5 in the morning here. So thank you again. You and got I it, I wanted Jason. to touch base on a few topics that you've covered. Um, first, the pressure I think most is on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Um, you know, with a 1-3 playoff record, you know, they have the number one seed. 
everything's lined up for them to make it and win it this year. So I think Lamar has a lot to prove. But I do understand the Bills uh, as well. A lot of pressure on them. And I wanted to say the worst owner in the league has to be the Haslam's. I mean, come on. I mean, Jerry's bad, but, you know, a lot of that, the, that the, the issues have to be put on Dak Prescott at some point. You know, he can't be on the field playing. But the Haslam's paid 240 guaranteed to a quarterback that's probably not going to be worth anywhere near that. Yes, so. you're right, Jason. Appreciate the call, man. I will say, again, at least for the Haslam's, the, so far through two years, the Deshaun Watson contract has not worked out. Right? It's obvious. We can all agree on that. But at least they tried. Like, I res- I don't think it was the right move. But here's what I respect. I respect the fact that they saw Baker Mayfield and thought they could upgrade. Baker took them to the playoffs. They wanted more. I respect the fact that they went all in to get a quarterback that they thought could take him over the top. You just said, Jason, that, you know, at some point, Dak Prescott has to be blamed for the Cowboys' woes. You're right. I'm not trying to, by the way, I'm not trying to, to, to not blame Dak here or skirt him from blame. He is 100 million percent equally responsible for the Cowboys' playoff disasters as Mike McCarthy. But what is Jerry Jones not going to do that the Haslam's did do? Take a chance and upgrade. Shake it up. So far through two years of the five, the Watson trade has not worked out whatsoever. But at least they tried. At least they took a swing where Jerry is, I think, purposefully not getting a better quarterback and not getting a better head coach to keep the attention on him first and foremost. Speaking of Jerry, James is calling from New Mexico. What's up, James? Hello, Ryan. First-time caller. Oh, nice, man. Uh, Thanks for making the call. Sure. I've been a fan since 74, and when Roger Staubach was quarterback, and that was a team that I remember growing up. You know, Tom Lundy was a hell of a coach, man. And then after the way that Jerry Jones got rid of him, I thought it was pretty sad. You know, they just fired him and let him go. Yeah. And I think Jerry Jones is just – I think he's, he's blinded. He's just not paying attention for one thing, how come he never has a general manager? Because he you does know? it himself. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, he just doesn't make the right decisions. Why did they get rid of Mari Cooper for? They sent him to Cleveland. And he's been proving over and over there. We could have kept him, but that's another decision Jerry Jones made. You know, he's he's just never going to uh, commit to his mistakes, and he's just going to be dealt out and so a bad coach. I mean, bad owner. McCarthy keeping McCarthy is not going to do anything for us either. He's just going to repeat us again as we did this season. And I don't to tell you the truth. I don't have faith in Prescott at all. Period. I don't. I don't have. An, I don't think he's an upgrade. He can't upgrade. And you that's know, so well. That's that. also you're not wrong about that. I appreciate the call, James. It's definitely easier to say, "Hey, upgrade from Dak Prescott," than it is in reality to do so. Um, that we are in lockstep with. But that's also part of the frustration of just like you look at the Cowboys of them bringing And that's also part of the reason why I think you have to bring in a new head coach because you can't get rid of the quarterback. Bringing in a new head coach, at least whether it's even Dak or someone else, 
uh, Dak, or I should say the rest of the team, because it's not like it's just Dak's fault. The rest of the team has also stunk in a lot of these playoff games. It at least, like, can unlock or give the fans hope. You bring Mike McCarthy back, I mean, you're basically waving the white flag of, yeah, we'll just be satisfied with regular season success, and it's okay if we get knocked out in the first round because guess what? We're going to have 12 wins, and you're going to at least be talking about us. We're going to be relevant. Jerry favors relevancy over shaking it up. Could go bad. Could go great. But also could threaten to take away the shine that he constantly has. And that's something where I don't think he is willing. Uh, that's something he's not willing to share whatsoever. Beck is calling from Florida. What is up, Beck? Well, we know the Cowboys and Eagles won't be in any pressure this weekend. So You're right um, about that. <laughs> Uh, and you and me being Colts fans, uh, what about the Texans? I mean, uh, go back to that game where, again, I guess I didn't do Hickey's pickies that great um, with the, those picks or whatever else. But, um, um, you know, um, look at the, where the Texans are now. Nobody thought this anywhere. I mean, so I would assume there's no pressure on them, but it would be the pressure on the Ravens, like uh, a right. lot of the callers said in the past uh, and everything else that, uh, but the Texans have nothing to lose. So, you know, if they win, what's going to happen? I mean, well, the Texans, I mean, Texans win, obviously they're going to the AFC title game, but no, if you're the Ravens, like this is, I'm with you back in terms of pressure. I think the bills have a little bit more pressure on them and appreciate the call, buddy. Always nice talking with you. I think the bills have slightly more pressure on them than the Ravens in part because the Bills are facing a nemesis that's been the thorn in their side, and this is the most vulnerable the Chiefs have been and I think will be for a while. So this is like your one chance where all the stars are lining up. That's, to me, why the Bills have more pressure. But the Ravens are right there. They have their own postseason struggles. Lamar has not played well in the postseason whatsoever in the four games he's played in, and we saw the last time the Ravens dominated the regular season, Lamar won the MVP and they had a bye, they came out sluggish, and they got punched in the mouth by the Titans. If I'm Baltimore, I am very nervous about a red-hot C.J. Shroud and a confident Texans team coming to my house with most of my starters coming off two weeks' worth of rest. I would be very, very concerned about that fact. 855-212-4227. We'll actually get to that game here in a little bit. I think we're going to see one massive upset this weekend in the divisional round. I'll give you who I think it is going to be here in a little bit. But before that, when we do return, Hickey's Pickies. Unfortunately, on a sad note here, it's the last one in this time slot. We are moving time slots. Hickey, uh, I should say Hickey's. Hick at night, starting next week, will now be on Sunday evenings. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., which now that I'm thinking about it, it's going to make Hickey's Pickies almost impossible. Sunday night, oh, the game's going to be over. So this could be the last, this could be the last Hickey's Pickies ever. Wow, that's that's sad. All righty, divisional round weekend edition of Hickey's Pickies. As always, this portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now 
and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. That is wesleyfinancialgroup.com. Are you a Tosh.0 fan by any chance, Alex? I have never even heard of that. Tosh.0? Wait, what? What's Tosh.0? How old are you? 24. What? Tosh.0 on, I think it was on Comedy Central MTV. Daniel Tosh, comedian, would basically just do like, would just have all these like videos off of YouTube and just would make fun of people. It's kind of like America's Funniest Home Videos, but he would commentate uh, on them in like oh, a dirty okay. way. Okay, it, it's... I, I never really watched it that much, but I do know of the show. I, for a hot second, was going to have a heart attack. I was going to say, I'm 29 years old. You can't make me, like, age myself by referencing no, a show no, no, like no, Tosh.0. No, no. I, I, okay, yeah, it's... I, I was never a big fan, clearly. Clearly. Okay, well, the, this reference may go over your head, but hopefully if the audience is aware of Tosh.0, you listening, you will get the reference, and it'll hit, at least hit with you, maybe not hit with Alex. We got to do a, a redemption. A web redemption is what Tosh.0 would say, but in this case, we'll do a, a picks redemption. Not for you, because you participate in Hickey's Pickies when three and two. Very commendable. But last week, Colton Gesser was running the board and producing the show. Did a very good job producing. Did a terrible job with picks. He went one and five. Wait, oh, six picks? We did all the wild card oh, games right. last okay, week. Okay, yeah. So we added a little bit of a bonus. So you got to do a producer redemption today to, to save the producer. Um, Stature, if you if you will, like the, the status. Status. Thank you. Thank you. Holy cow! It's five twenty-five in the morning. I've been up for a long time. My brain has officially stopped working. Thank you. Save the producer status. Get your street cred back because boy, Colton flushed it down the toilet big time. All right, four wild, uh, four divisional round games. Ready? Ready. Texans at the Ravens. Ravens nine and a half point favorites. I'll go first. It's gonna ruin the next segment. Give me Houston outright on the road, upsetting the Ravens. I love the uh, the Texans in this spot, but I'll gladly take the nine, uh, nine and a half points. That yeah, that's a tough one. I thought I big thought it was going to be like three and a half, four and a half. Some big spreads uh, this weekend. Um, some spread. I'll, I'll I'll go with the Ravens. I I I just want to stick with my stick with my gut because okay. I was gonna go with the Ravens regardless. Packers at the 49ers. 49ers also nine and a half point favorites. This one I'm a little more confident. Uh, I'll go with the 49ers just because I don't know history's gonna repeat itself. I think. I am with you. I think the 49ers win, and I think they do roll. Give me the 49ers minus nine and a half. Buccaneers at the Lions. Lions six and a half point favorites at home against Baker Mayfield who tore up that Eagles secondary last week. Uh, I'm going to go with the Lions. I don't think the Bucks offense is going to be as hot as they were against the Eagles. And I think that the Lions at home, they're just going to, like, the fans are just going to be that 12th man. So I'm going to go with the Lions. 
All right, I will take the Buccaneers to cover. I think the Lions went out right, but I think this is going to be a close game because I do think Baker Mayfield's going to stay hot. I do think he's going to have his way with that Detroit secondary and keep this game close. Lions win. Buccaneers, though, do cover the six-and-a-half-point spread. And finally, a game we've been talking about a lot this show, a lot this hour. Chiefs at the Bills. Bills, two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm sure you know where I'm going. I've already tipped my hand multiple times. I am taking the Chiefs outright. Alex, who are you going with? I'm going to go with the Bills. I, I'm a big advocate. Is that what it is? Advocate, yeah. Yeah, advocate, okay. Because there's like a... Because I know, like, in a different language, and it's just like, because, uh, like, it's like, because uh, being, I, I'm not trying to flex, but, like, yeah, being yeah. bi As I flex. Bi- I love that. I'm not lingu- trying to, you know, brag. Also, then let me brag. Being, You're not trying to flex, but. Yeah, learning, having another language in your mind, sometimes, like, I know the word first, and that pops into my mind first, so. Bilingual. Yeah. What, uh, tri- what's the other language? Trilingual. Uh, oh, cheese. Why don't you flex anymore? What, what else? What else do you know, Alex? Uh, a Persian and French. French, I'm not fluent, so it's like two and a half. So, wow, that's that's impressive. Yeah, but uh, I, yeah, as I was saying. So, how do you say advocate? In was I'm guessing Persian was the one you were thinking about at first, and then. Well, actually, I no. Cause, well, because like, it's in a Persian accent. I, I I don't. Can you give us an example, or, or gonna leave us hanging here? Are you no, sure you're I'm trilingual? Get... No, because no, uh, I was thinking of it in French, because uh, avocat means lawyer. Nice. Yeah. Avocat. I, I think mean, we had a Parisian, French, French, French speaker before. Oh, yeah, I did hear some of that. Um, did but you the talk re- to him? No, I don't think he was French. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Bills, because I just think it's finally their time. I just feel like the Chiefs, there, there's no way the Chiefs are going to make another AFC championship. I'm a big believer in the Chiefs offense with Mahomes and Andy Reid. But just the culmination of this season, they just haven't been the same. And the Bills, I think they've been undefeated ever since they fired Ken Dorsey. So They have. Yeah, so I'm just going to roll with the Bills. All right, so Hickey's Pickey's divisional round weekend is as follows. I'm on the Texans plus nine and a half. Alex is on the Ravens. We're both on the 49ers minus nine and a half at home against the Packers. You're on the Lions minus six and a half. I'm on the Buccaneers plus six and a half. You're on the Bills minus two and a half. I am on the Chiefs. All right, 855-212-4227, We just talked about it with that last team, or I should say the last game, Bills Chiefs. Who in your mind has the most pressure on him in the NFL. For me, I think it's the Bills. You're at home. This is the worst Chiefs offense you're going to play, probably in the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes era. And you're right hot if you're Buffalo. Winners of six in a row. The Chiefs finish out the regular season four and four, so they've been struggling. This is the best chance for Buffalo to knock out the Chiefs in the playoffs. They, to me, have the most pressure on them. How about yourself? John is calling from Wisconsin. What's up, John? Hello. What up, man? Yep. I agree to your point. I think it's uh, it's all on the Bills. Uh, if they choke again, <laughs> it's hard to say what's going to happen there. That's like, um, almost like an evil laugh there. Are you, are you hoping for their demise, John? Oh, no, not at all. I love okay. Josh Allen. I'd like to 
put up another point here. Uh, Joe Barry better be feeling some heat. The 49ers could easily hang up a 50 burger on the Packers. That dude's got to be gone anyway. So. <clears throat> I agree with that, John. I don't see a situation where, especially if the 49ers win handily, like, you know, 35, whatever. Even if they win 35 31 in a shootout, I don't, I'm with you. I don't see how, I appreciate the call. I don't see how you can bring Joe Barry back for another year as defensive coordinator for the Packers. I think you got to get a new mind there to get that defense turned around. Randy's calling from Detroit. What's up, Randy? What's going on, sir? How we doing, man? I'm doing great. All right. Ready to punch in the work. Nice, nice. What's on your mind? I want to talk about the Detroit Lions. I think they got the most to lose right now. Interesting. Why is that? It's been so tough here being a Detroit fan over all these years. Born and raised in Detroit. Still live in Detroit. But now we finally got a chance to even make it to the Super Bowl. All I need is the Packers to win, and then we'll have three straight home games, and that give us a nice road to the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, I mean that's that would be a very nice. I I I don't know if you'd say all you need because that's a that's a tough ask. That's a big time ask. It, yeah, but I think it's the year to underdogs this year. All right, Randy. Well, I like the options. I bet beating Ravens. Okay. And like I said, I see I definitely see the Bills beating the Chiefs this year. Well, if it's the year of the underdog, you're setting yourself up then, you know? Yep. The Lions are a six and a half point favorite, so you better hope that's you know, not too many underdogs then are uh are barking this weekend. Uh thank you for the call, Randy. I think the Lions are gonna be fine this weekend. I think Baker's gonna keep it close. I can I think he's gonna put up some some big numbers and take advantage of the weakness that is the Lions secondary. But I think Detroit, in the end, I like the balance they have, run, pass. Jared Goff has been really solid for Detroit. I think at home, too, propels them. I think they win this game and go to the NFC title game. I don't, though, think you'll be hosting an NFC title game. I think you will be off to Santa Clara to face the 49ers um, at their home field. So 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227. We'll continue to take your thoughts. Also, when we return here, I told you before, and we just did it with Hickey Spickies, I think the Texans are going to beat the Ravens. I will explain a little bit more uh, on why I do think that. If there is an upset this weekend, who's pulling it off? Who is right now the best chance to pull off an upset in divisional round weekend? Welcome back in Hick at Night. In case you have missed it or just tuning in, welcome. First of all, thank you for making us a part of your Saturday. Number two, some show news here. The show is moving. Just times. We are starting next week, going to be airing Hick at Night starting at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sunday evenings. So no more 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. on Saturday mornings. We are moving from Saturday mornings now to Sunday evenings, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, every single Sunday starting next Sunday. Hopefully that works for a lot of your listening schedules. If not, Hick at Night Podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E, 
is a place to catch up uh, on everything with the show and make sure you're in tune. And also check it out on YouTube. Ryan Hickey is the channel. Me, in case you didn't know. A lot of video content there um, for you to hopefully enjoy and consume. So YouTube, Ryan Hickey, podcast, Hick at Night, Night spelled N-I-T-E. Those are the two avenues. If you are unfortunately unable to travel with us or does not work well for your schedule now that we are moving time slots from this time to Sunday evenings starting at 10 p.m. Eastern, that does start next week. So hopefully you can join us. If not, hopefully you could still find a way to catch up and stay up to date with all the stuff we do talk about right, right here on CBS Sports Radio with the YouTube and with the podcast avenues. All right. So one massive upset I think we're going to see in divisional round weekend is the Texans beating the Ravens. I really like the Texans this uh, in this spot in large part because I am very nervous about the rust effect for Baltimore. They're playing or they're coming off, I should say, two weeks of rest. I don't think that is a very good combination right now if you're the Ravens. I'll say this as a Colts fan. I saw too often of Peyton Manning that too much rest is not a good thing. Four times in Peyton Manning's career as a Colt, at least, he had a bye in the wild card round. And a lot of those times, the Colts would also rest Peyton Manning and other starters in the final game of the regular season. If things were sewed up, they would sit Manning for the last regular season game. Then you'd have the bye. Two weeks later, you come back for the divisional round. Peyton Manning in those four four times he had a double bye was one and three. I think the Ravens are in the same boat here. It already happened one time back in 2019. They sat their starters the last game of the year, had the bye, then came out and got smoked by the Texans at home, uh, by the Titans, I should say, excuse me, at home. I don't, I think too much rest is a bad thing. And Lamar Jackson kind of echoed this. Earlier this week at his press conference, he kind of hinted like, yeah, the the bye kind of came at a bad time. Take a listen to what Lamar had to say earlier this week. And there's Lamar telling you he was upset that the the bye, he felt like kind of threw him off. And he's right. I mean, they won seven games in a row to finish the year when Lamar and the starters played. And, I mean, they blew out the 49ers, blew out the Dolphins. Like, they beat some really good teams in what was a really strong finish to the season. And now you sit week 18, you sit the wild card round. I think you get, you know, you lose some of you. Like, I think momentum is halted. Despite how good the Ravens were, I think you lose some momentum by sitting for two consecutive weeks, especially when, if you remember, this is not normal. Now, you get a bye week in the regular season, right? So you're used to having a week off. The last time you had two weeks off in season was never. Like, like that never happens. And so I think it does have an adverse effect, number one. I think the rust will be there. Number two, Lamar Jackson's not been a very good playoff quarterback, and I think that will continue. He's struggled in all four playoff games he's played in. He's one in three in those four games. And the third is the Texans won't be intimidated. Like, they have already played two playoff games. 
at the Colts Week 18 to win the division. Then last week, C.J. Stroud in those two playoff games, despite being a rookie, five touchdowns, no picks. Looked very, very comfortable last week against the Browns. Sat in the pocket, didn't panic, really didn't make a, a bad throw whatsoever. He was tremendous. He was poised, made plays. He was awesome. And so he's not going to be flattered, uh, flustered, I should say, flustered going to Baltimore. He's playing confident, and I think right now the Texans are going to win this game 23-17. Texans pull off the upset. They beat the number one seed in the Ravens. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. We also talked about Kalen DeBoer. And right now, the just mass exodus going on at Alabama, the latest being number one quarterback recruit in the latest um, recruiting class, Julian Sayan, entering the transfer portal now. Looks like he's going to leave Alabama, the by many accounts, the best player to enter the transfer portal. Caleb Downs just committed to Ohio State on Friday night, who left Alabama. So it's been a mass exodus of a lot of talented players from the Crimson Tide going elsewhere. There is no reason to panic right now if you're an Alabama fan. DeBoers is going to be fine. This is a guy who knows how to win more with less. And I think, too, you got to think, if you were in that kid's situation, if you were a player on Alabama and you committed to Nick Saban, it doesn't matter who walks through that door to replace him. It's not Nick Saban. So most of the time, you're going to leave to go to a more proven or a a place that maybe you almost went to, but you went there because you want to play for Saban. It's such a hard job to fill that until you start proving it, there's going to be doubts. And I think DeBoer is going to prove it. I think he's going to be fine. But I understand why right now you're seeing such a, a big leave of players. But until he starts coaching games, if you're an Alabama fan, do not panic. This is what we just call everyone else normal college football. 855-212-4227. Derek is calling from San Diego. What's up, Derek? Hey, how's it going? Uh, good to talk to you. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I, 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 I respectfully disagree a little bit. I think it's it's kind of funny to see Alabama fans squirming in their seats a little bit because let's let's be honest here, okay? DeBoer is fantastic, and I'll be completely forthright. I'm an Oregon Duck fan, and Caleb DeBoer is Oregon's daddy because he's beaten him three times in a row. But I will say this. He was at least Alabama's second choice behind my head coach, Dan Lanning. He was probably the third choice behind Sarkeesian. He might have even been the fourth choice behind Norvell from Florida State, and he could have even been the fifth choice behind old Alabama. Um, gosh darn it, what's his name? Uh, Kirby Kiffin. Smart? Oh, Len, no. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Lane Kiffin. Kiffin? I don't so, so, I mean, well, it could have been. I'm just saying, but. He was at least Alabama's second choice because everybody knows that they wanted Dan Lanning. And Dan Lanning said, no, thank you. I'll stay right here in Oregon. Thank you very much. Just my opinion. I know. I hear you. I mean, I appreciate the call, Derek. I still don't think, like, first of all, it's two things. Number one, 
I'm like, I'm with you in the sense that, yeah, I don't, I definitely do not mind seeing Alabama fans uh, get upset. Again, welcome to college football. The life you lived for 15 years, number one is one I desperately want to live, even just for like two years. You give me a two year run the way, the what, like what Georgia just had the last two years in 2021, 2022, I can die happy if I see that with my Penn State Nittany Lions. So, I definitely am glad to see Alabama fans coming back down to earth and realizing how good they had it for the last 15 years. But look, I think also the no, I first of all, I don't think that Kalen DeBoer was that low, like you're saying, in terms of options for Alabama. I think he was very high up there, number one. Number two, it doesn't matter what number choice you are as long as you get it right. There are plenty of examples of coaches not being a team's first choice, settling, quote-unquote, on a coach and having it work out to perfection. Again, if you're Kalen DeBoer, this is someone who took over Washington. Washington two years ago was a complete disaster. Four and eight, the program was splintering. He came right in, worked the transfer portal to perfection, and won 11 games. Beat, as you know, Derek, your Oregon Ducks in Eugene um, as well in year number one. He did a great job. And so, and he, despite the exits, by the way, of a lot of Alabama players, he still has more talent right now on this Alabama team than he had when he took over the Huskies two years ago and still won 11 games. This is a guy who can develop really well, who works the transfer portal to perfection. He's going to be fine. It's not great right now because, sure, you have some players hitting the transfer portal well, when the second transfer portal window opens, you're going to have a lot more players. I bet you're coming to Alabama. He's going to figure it out. He'll be fine. Give him time. Let him coach a game. But just also, I hope Alabama fans recognize it's not going to be Nick Saban 2.0 because nobody's Nick Saban 2.0. It is going to be much more difficult. Welcome to reality. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Hick at Night. Again, this is the last time we are in this time slot. The show is moving starting next week to Sunday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Make sure you check out and subscribe the Hick at Night podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E, and the YouTube channel, Ryan Hickey. That's where you can stay up to date on everything from this show. A big thank you to Alex's arm. Did a great job producing. Don't go anywhere. Carrington Harrison is up next. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you next Sunday evening right here on CBS Sports Radio.